You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. David Horvath, who was born with spina bifida, discovered the sport of powerlifting through a gym class in high school and realized that was the sport for him. He would then learn about DASA, a Movie United member organization based in the St. Louis area, which helped him improve his skills. In 2021, David joined the U.S. national team and has competed in some Movie United section competitions. But most recently, he represented Team USA at the Pair Pan American Games in Chile and has a goal of competing in the Paralympics. So let's chat with him. So, David, I thought we would just start by uh, talking about how sports have been important to you, uh, particularly throughout your life. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I I encountered sports um, when I was a freshman in high school uh, because I, I took the mandatory PE class. And uh, in that class, they, they ran us through two weeks or so of various different sports. Like there was basketball for two weeks or there was, you know, ultimate Frisbee for two weeks or whatever. Um, and then one of those two weeks, they let us go up to my gym. My uh, high school had a, a little weight room up in the, like on a balcony in their gymnasium. Um, and so we just went up there and, it, it was nothing serious for most of the, the people there, but I immediately fell in love with it. Like, I was like, this is awesome. Um, because before that, I really, I didn't have a whole lot that I enjoyed doing. I mean, I like to play video games and like watch movies and stuff, basic stuff like that, but didn't really have anything that I was like, this is my thing. Um, and so when I encountered the gym, when I encountered weight training, I was like, this this is my thing. Um, and so I started going with that um, for, I'd say, let's see, about two, three years. Because like, I, I, I encountered it when I was a freshman. And I didn't encounter sports, um, like a particular sport, until I was a senior. When uh, my friend, my best friend from high school, uh, was on the track team. Um, and he encouraged me to, to try out, to, to see what, what, what they could do for me. Um, and the coaches on that track team were absolutely wonderful. Like they, you could tell I was their first adaptive athlete. They were like, I have no idea how I'm going to help you, but we're going to figure it out was, uh, the mindset that they had. And I, I thank God for it because like without them, their initial belief in me, like I wouldn't be anywhere that I am today. Um, and so they uh, contacted an organization called DASA, mm -hmm. which is the disabled athlete sports association. And uh, they came out to, I'm in from the middle of nowhere, Missouri. They, they came out to my small town and, uh, <laughs> they were like, how have I not heard of you sooner? Um, and so they got me the track chair. They got me a throwing chair. And I kind of just experimented, you know, with 
what I like, like what I wanted to try. I started out with the sprints, the the fast races, uh, 100, 200, and 400 meter wheelchair races. And then I experimented a little bit uh, early on with shot put and uh, javelin and discus. Uh, so that was what I did my senior year of high school, went all the way to state in that um, and set, I think, records in everything that I uh, competed in because most of them were not set by anybody. And so I kind of just was like the first person to do it uh, in, in my class of being an, an adaptive athlete. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was a phenomenal experience. And, uh, I don't know if you wanted me to stop there or continue on. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's fantastic. And so prior to ninth grade, you were not involved yeah. in any sports. Nope. I had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think it was about like the weightlifting that kind of excited you? Yeah, definitely. So, um, like I mentioned, I didn't I didn't have anything that I was good at, um, but uh, I had people even before I started weight training who were like, I mean, they were like, you you've got a muscular build, like you mm -hmm. you look like you lift weights, um, and those those kind of compliments and those kind of because um, people would always tell me, uh, and they still continue to tell me to this day, which really like spurs me on. Um, is that I inspire them like um, the the life that I live like the way I the way I look the physique that I do have that mm. inspires them to be the best that they can be and I'm like well that's that's awesome that uh, is really it's a good thing and it, I really enjoyed hearing that from people not only for my own self-esteem um, but for the enjoyment of hearing that I was making a positive impact in their lives um, and so I would say that was what started it, but then just love of it as, as a, um, as my own thing, like mm -hmm. personal love of it grew and grew and grew until now. I just, I do it to continue to inspire people, but also because I just, I, I can't get enough of it. I love it so much. <laughs> Yeah, and and your experience at the state level in, in Missouri at high school, I think, isn't yeah. you know unique either. I mean, in terms of just um, there hadn't been someone before you, so in a sense, you were breaking ground and kind of a pioneer in high school athletics in Missouri, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I uh, I competed against uh, at most there were I think three to four athletes that I would compete against. But other, other times it was just me against my own times or me against my own distances and throwing events. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of just, just me. Um, yeah. And did you enjoy the, the track side or the field side of track and field more? Yeah. I, I definitely gravitated more towards the track side. Um, throwing just had a technique that i was not getting <laughs> and so i was like this is dumb it's like it's barely going any any distance <laughs> so track for sure was definitely the thing that i i um tried to grow in tried to pursue further 
Yeah, it can be really frustrating when when uh, you don't have the technique down right, and and mm-hmm. and you know any any sport, whether it's hitting a golf ball, go, go, hitting a golf ball is frustrating for me. So I, I understand, you know, how frustrating you know a sport can be. So, mm-hmm. um, and and you said you liked the short distances, right? The sprints and the um, and and it was it just because of the ability to excel quickly, or what was the reasoning behind the short distances? Yeah, I, I would definitely say that it was, it for the most part, uh, the fact that I had that, you know, solid muscular foundation, I had a lot of like raw strength. And so I thought that that would carry into sprints well. I was like, well, if I can, I can just power through it and go, fa- go faster than everybody else. <laughs> um, so that was my mentality. Anyway, um, towards the end of uh, my my track days i did experiment with a little bit of the longer races i tried the 800 and i i don't think i tried the 16 or the mm. i think it's the 1500 1500 yeah 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 i don't think i ever got around to trying that before i um uh before i gave up my track days but i was going to and so <laughs> because the 800 i tried it and i really liked it like it was, it was, um, I, I, t- I ended up being like wrong uh, in my original theory of like, oh, I'm, I've got this physique. I, I can power through the sprints, but I ended up realizing that, um, the lack of technique was, was getting me in my rate in my sprints, but, um, I could have more time in longer races to develop that technique. And not only that, but you know, have my strength, my physical uh, strength come into play. Um, so I learned that a little late, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and you also mentioned that um, your high school track coach was kind of like, I'm not sure about how to how to do this, but we're, we're going to do it together. And that's what adaptive sports is all about, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, adaptation and, and figuring things out. So mm-hmm. how did you both uh, be, be able to kind of work through, you know, learning everything that you needed to learn. Definitely. Well, I was definitely, I'm a, di- I'm a different man than I was back in high school. I was a lot more stubborn. I was a lot more, <laughs> I, I know what's best for me and nobody else does type, uh, scenario. Uh, <laughs> so I was definitely, I, I, I feel sorry. I feel bad for the coaches that I had in track because I was more arrogant than I should have been in a lot of ways. And so I was difficult to work with, I'm sure. Um, but I I grew past that. I, th- I feel like I've grown a lot um, and relied uh, when I've transitioned into powerlifting a lot more with... Um, reliance on the head coaches reliance on head performance managers the people who are above me i'm like okay they know better than me they've been in this longer so i'm gonna do whatever they tell me i've gotten a lot better at that uh <laughs> maybe not do everything that they have to help me but <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> i still have my own my own thoughts but mm-hmm. uh, i've i've made myself less of the thing um and my coaches, I mean, oh my gosh, they, not only did they deal with me as a, a stubborn, uh, dumb 
high schooler, <laughs> but they, I can tell looking back now so much more. So I recognized it then, but I, oh my gosh, like my thanks for, for them is so much more profound now because I realized so much extra time that they put in just to learn and to find dasa like that took I, I don't i don't even know how much time they they dedicated out of their own time their own lives to just pour into me as an individual because they they were the track coaches they they had a, a dozen other athletes to work with and and were concerned about but they focused so much time on me specifically that i i can't thank them enough like it was is yeah it's phenomenal how much they put into me um like i said like i wouldn't be anywhere near where i am today if it weren't for them so yeah that's awesome i hope you had a chance to show the appreciation in various ways <laughs> i hope so too i hope i hope i've i've tried <laughs> And you mentioned DASA, which is, of course, uh, a Movie Night member organization in the, based in the St. Louis area. How You said you were kind of further out. So how far mm -hmm. of a distance did uh, either they come out to you or did you have to go out to go into them uh, when you wanted yeah. to do programming? Yeah, so I was about two, I'm about two hours uh, yeah. from St. Louis. And so initially it was a two hour drive for uh, Kelly from DASA to mm -hmm. bring out my, my uh, track chair and my throwing chair. Um, and then Kelly, uh, began that relationship at that moment, but continued to, um, grow that relationship with me and, uh, help me. Like she didn't just drop off my stuff and, uh, right. call it a day. Like she continued to pour into me as well. And so through that relationship, I found, uh, actually the university that I went to uh, obtain my exercise science degree that I just graduated from mm. May 6th. Uh, it was it was through Kelly that I even found out that the college existed. Um, and she suggested it, not only because it had a great exercise science program, which was what I was wanting to get into, but because of its proximity to DASA's home base of uh, Mid Rivers Mall, the Ability Gym. Um, it was like five minutes down the road from mm. Uh, the college that she was recommending. So I uh, can't thank her enough for that too, because like I, I graduated from a great program because of the relationship that I had with DASA. Um, and so they helped to grow that relationship and gave me the means to um, play my part in that, to continue to grow that relationship with a little more proximity, which helped leaps and bounds, I could start going to their practices and I could start, uh, I didn't really work out at their gym a whole lot as much as I should have because of the fact that I, uh, it took me a while to get my license, uh, my driver's license situated. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't go as much as I, I would have liked to. Um, but I was definitely able to go a lot more than two hours away. Right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> Yeah, Kelly. Kelly is fantastic uh, as a coach and as a as a uh, individual and human being. So, uh, I know we both probably can't speak highly enough of her. And when when did you realize you want besides high school, like outside of high school, when did you realize you wanted to actually compete? You know, at a either at a local or regional or obviously national level. Yeah. So when I 
first started working out, I didn't mention this, but I had plans of being a bodybuilder. That was my idea of what I want the sport I wanted to get into, mm-hmm. um, which they do have wheelchair bodybuilding division. It's it's grown like exponentially in the past few years. Um, and so it's doing really well. And that was something that I encountered uh, just through uh, Internet searches and stuff. And so I was like, oh, I want to do that. Um, but uh, so I feel like from the get go, I was essentially I knew I wanted to take it more than just recreation. Mm-hmm. I knew I could, I recognized the potential that I had, um, maybe not uh, as grand of a scale as I, I've been able to achieve today. Like, mm-hmm. I, I never thought I would have gotten this far this early, but um, I certainly recognized enough of my potential to where I was like, I knew I wanted to achieve something, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, DASA has a, a competition itself, and then I think you've competed at other sanctioned competitions through like Movie Ended and I did like the UCO Endeavor yeah. Games and Nationals, mm-hmm. of course, as well, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely the the UCO Endeavor Games and uh, the Junior Nationals. I went to um, both times they had it in Colorado um, for the Junior Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember going to the Endeavor Games. I think I went to it both years as well, um, but at least once. So, and the Endeavor Games was where I actually found um, uh, my connection to uh, Team USA para powerlifting uh, mm. through uh, Coach Mary Hodge uh, at yeah. the time. She uh, was at that meet when I had, that was my first round of competition for powerlifting. I had just gone to DASA's St. Louis regional event, then the Endeavor Games, and that was where I found Team USA. And uh, she, after after my lift, well, actually before my third attempt, so you get three attempts in para powerlifting. Right. Um, on my second attempt, she was like, all right, if, if you lift this third attempt that you're planning on lifting, I'm going to go ahead and give you my card. Um, and so <laughs> I, I I stuck it, and she gave me her card, and that's that's where I am today with uh, transitioned from track and field to uh, Team USA para powerlifting pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty quick, right? Because I think yeah. you know, I remember you being at national, junior nationals, um, mm-hmm just two years ago in Denver, Colorado, I believe. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and um, so obviously you had a, a chance to go to Santiago uh, to compete um, at the pair of Pan Am games. What was, was that your first international competition and what was it like? So I always say that it was, even though it technically wasn't. And the reason I say that is because the only other international competition I have competed in was in 2022. There was the America's Championships in St. Louis, Missouri. Hmm. And so I don't count it like in my mind, it's hard to connect it because it's in in the relative scale of the entire world. It's my backyard. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, it's hard for me to connect that this was actually a a, a regional championships. It was Mm -hmm. a big, a big deal. Um, and so it wasn't until Santiago competing in Santiago this past November that I was like, dang, I am 
an elite athlete on Team USA. That that was when it really kind of sunk in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, oh my gosh, it was a phenomenal experience. Like it was so crazy. Um, the country was beautiful and awesome, and the people were so friendly and welcoming that, like, I even outside of the competition, like, I had like a wonderful experience, mm. and, the, and the competition itself was amazing like more than i could have ever hoped for like i um i ended up going for as heavy as i planned on going um didn't didn't get that third attempt but i like i said i went for the 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 best that i was hoping for mm-hmm. and so and that was a victory for me at least so yeah it was oh my gosh it was incredible <laughs> and i'm glad you mentioned that so talk about Talk about that and what that means, because I know that you can set, you know, the the weight limit or or limit that you want that you want to reach aspire to. Had you reached that limit before, and then just didn't reach it that particular day? I mean, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you never realize until you're there how much of a difference training do, doing the weights in in training is compared to under those lights with the people screaming at you looking at you staring at you everyone (laughs) looking at you cameras all on you you're on a big screen behind you and i'm just Mm -hmm. like oh (laughs) that's me um and so you you don't realize how much it can affect you um not that i'm saying that 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 was the main cause um that happened in santiago as for the reason why I didn't get my third attempt. I, it, it was certainly a factor, I'm sure. Um, because I had to stuck, uh, the, the weight, which was 142 kilograms, which translates to about 315, a little less than 315 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've, I have done that in, in training with a competition style rep with the paws on the chest, mm-hmm. all that proper form. Um, I've done that before. And so, but also there was the factor of I jumped from 135 kilograms as my second attempt straight to 142, which is like, I think it was like a 20 pound jump. Yeah. Um, and so in competition, that's pretty, pretty risky too. So, you know, it's, it's a mental game as much if not more than it is a physical game because the physical part, I mean, you just, you bring it down to your chest, you bring it back up. That's the end of the story. But all the mental uh, strategy, all the mental performance that goes into it, it, it's another world. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And and I think people lose sight of that if they think about, uh, of powerlifting or powerlifting, you know, at, at all because they think it's just a physical activity, but mm-hmm. it is very, very mental. And the fact that you had done it before means you can physically do it, but so the mental part is even more important. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I think it was all a mental block that I was experiencing, and I'm uh, still trying to work out, you know, like what, wh- how to, how to um, build off that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and. But I'll I'll get there. <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. What in your in your in your classification? What was the uh, 
what was the the ultimate like who who got the gold and what the what did they end up lifting? <laughs> the gold medal in my weight class, which para powerlifting is separated into uh just weight class. It it's mm-hmm. not like track where there's T fifty fours, T whatevers. It's just your weight class, and so you compete with uh, me as a spinal cord injury. You compete with people of short stature. You compete with amputees. Those are the three main. Um, categories of disability that you encounter uh in the sport of powerlifting but you you have the opportunity to to compete against any any of those combinations in your weight class just depending on if they're in your weight class or not and i'm in the 59 kilogram weight category which means i have to stay between 120 pounds and 130 pounds ish Mm -hmm. somewhere around there i have to stay in that ballpark um and so the guy who got gold was insane he he lifted a hundred it was over 190 kilograms which is well over 400 pounds um and so yeah (laughs) so that was the guy who got gold but the bronze and silver i felt were a little more attainable (laughs) i i looked at those and i was like you know one day i'm gonna i'm gonna get those guys but it's like i looked at the the gold and i was like (laughs) that one was rough um so yeah i i can't remember off the top of my head his exact lift but it was over 190 i know that much it might have even been over 200 kilograms (laughs) yeah and on any given day he might not be able to reach that too right or lift that so exactly exactly when when you're when when you're in metal contention you're going a lot for, you're going for broke. You're going for those heavier lifts. And so sometimes you'll see people only get one out of their three attempts successful. But the thing is, you you only need that one if it gets you the gold. So mm-hmm. that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> and and for those of us that are in the, in the uh, that live like in the U.S., mm-hmm. how have you been able to learn the kilogram to pound uh translation (laughs) uh uh, calculator on your phone works great (laughs) just having that handy you're you're squared away (laughs) yeah that's good because even when you were talking about 190 i'm like i have no idea how much that is in pounds (laughs) yeah i i work with pounds when i'm here in my local gym and so the majority of my stuff is is in pounds and so Mm -hmm. i'm trying to get a lot better in at least ballparking where the weight is like I can't get I don't necessarily get the conversions exact like down to the 0.5 or whatever but I can ballpark it like oh blah 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 pounds is blah 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 kilograms mm-hmm. I'm getting a little better but it is, I still rely on the calculator <laughs> so after um Santiago what are your goals dreams aspirations so then the overarching uh overall goal that i have for myself is uh los angeles 2028 paralympic games that is top priority that that's number one uh so as paris draws near um i'm still kind of in the phase where i'm just i'm just competing to get my rank up a little bit my world my world standing Mm -hmm. um but after Paris rolls around, 
I'm going to be hammering in, okay, what competitions are mandatory meets and where, where's my world ranking? Like I gotta, I gotta get up to that top eight by pair, uh, by, uh, Los Angeles. So, um, whatever it takes is, is going to be what I, what I compete at. So top eight is, is the kind of the threshold essentially. Mm-hmm. Top eight in the world, you, you automatically get to go to the Paralympics. And then I believe there's top 10, you can qualify for, um, I don't remember what they call it, but there's a special little thing that you can qualify for that it gives you a chance of getting in. Like, oh yeah, like a, almost like a waiver or, or uh, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, exactly. And, and you mentioned obviously that you just graduated and got a degree in exercise. What, what are you doing with that? Yeah. So I am working on getting uh, a certification, a personal training certification through the ISSA. Um, and they're kind of, they have like, kind of like a miniature class set up, which I really enjoy. Uh, I'm excited for it. And so, uh, it's an online certification. And so once I get that, my plan is to, uh, just go to the gym that I can, that I train at, um, and offer my services as a personal trainer there, build a clientele, Mm -hmm. um, and work, work full time as a personal trainer is the goal. Yeah. And obviously you'll work probably with able-bodied and adaptive athletes as well. And, um, and do you have, are there adaptive athletes that you're already kind of working with and, and assisting? Um, there's a couple that I've met through, uh, Endeavor Games, through Move United, uh, events that I am still in contact with and they don't, they, they have their own trainers. They don't necessarily, um, go to me for everything, but I'm always available for, mm-hmm. for feedback to, to bounce off, uh, questions that they have. And I've been reached out to a couple times, uh, in that vein, but I'm really hoping to, as you said, use my own story, use my own Mm -hmm. living with the disability to market to people, um, adaptive athletes to get more adaptive athletes into sport. That's, that is the dream for sure. And David, what would you tell folks um, that maybe are, are younger that are, like you in the ninth grade that have not thought about sports, what would you tell them in terms of the the power of sport and the value of sport? Oh my gosh. It's it, it has made me, like I said, a more well-rounded individual, a more um, strong, not only physically, but mentally, uh, mm. spiritually, emotionally. It has allowed me to, realize that I can, if, if I set my mind to something like nothing can really stop me, uh, to achieve it. Like if I really go at it and it may not look exactly like I want it to look from the, the, the start, but that's completely okay. Um, that's another thing that I've learned. Uh, but so just don't be like me and be stubborn and think you know everything uh just be teachable that was the the biggest benefit that i learned um growing as an athlete was being teachable um and that will not only excel you in sport but it's gonna excel you in life period that's what i would say 